You are Locked On Kings, your daily podcast on the Sacramento Kings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time. Time for another episode of Locked On Kings. The Kings returned from the All-Star break rested and ready to hand the Rockets their 14th straight loss. Sacramento defeated Houston 125-105 last night. That 20-point win, their highest margin of victory so far this season. We'll talk about that game. Plus, I am ready to make my final decision on whether or not the Sacramento Kings should trade Harrison Barnes after all the great conversations that I've had and all the great guests we've had on the Locked On Kings podcast over the last couple of weeks. Plus, we'll touch on the Kings trading Buddy Heald, why I believe that should be a priority. The Kings begin a six-game East Coast trip this weekend, and I'll share why Sacramento shouldn't put too much stock in the fact that they have the quote-unquote easiest remaining schedule this season. It's all on the Friday edition of the Locked on Kings podcast. Hello and welcome to Locked On Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all regular season and all offseason. If you're looking for in-depth analysis, game-by-game breakdowns, highlights, interviews with local and national experts, full coverage of the Sacramento Kings from January through December, this is the place for you, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I've been a Sacramento sports radio host for the last six years. This is season number seven for me, covering the Kings, both as an on-air host and multimedia journalist. And it's nice to have Kings basketball back after some days off. It's nice to have the Kings return with a victory. Always easier to talk about a Kings win on the Locked on Kings podcast the next day. But I do understand there are some of you listening right now that are maybe disappointed that the Kings didn't lose this game because the Houston Rockets are one of the few teams below the Kings in both the Western Conference and just overall NBA standings, meaning they have a better chance at a top draft pick. I understand the argument of fans who would like to see this Kings team soft tank to put themselves in the best position for a top five pick in what's expected to be a very front-loaded 2021 NBA draft. You heard James Hamm on the Locked on Kings podcast this week run through those top five guys and why all of them could be very, very good, have very successful careers, and all five of them could really help this Sacramento Kings team. So I understand that. That being said, while I don't believe any game is a game that the Kings should win, and you've heard me talk about that before, the Kings aren't in a position where they could say they should beat anybody. Heading into a game against the Rockets who are without John Wall, who are without Christian Wood. This is a game we would like to see the Kings handle their business, and they did so. The fact that they get their largest margin of victory is exciting. 125 to 105. Things played out how I guess we would expect them to in this contest. Now, the Rockets made a couple of runs at times, and the Kings certainly made their fair share of mistakes. But one of the biggest wins for me from this game is not just the margin of victory. It's the fact that on a night where the Kings got their scoring going, they scored 125 points. They didn't allow their opponents to get going offensively as well. With the exception of a couple quarters, the Kings holding the Rockets to just 105 points in a game, that's a significant victory, especially when Sacramento is averaging over 120 points allowed per game. A 15-point improvement? Hey, I'll take that any day of the week. I got to talk about Fox in this game, and I have a stat for you that to me reflects perfectly how Fox has emerged as that star leader and scorer for the Sacramento Kings this season, taking that next step that we are all hoping for. Fox finished with 30 points, 9 assists, and 7 rebounds last night, an impressive stat line, once again flirting with a triple-double. That is the 7th time this season that Fox has scored 30 or more points. And to put that into perspective, over his first three seasons in the NBA, Fox only scored 30 points 10 times. 
10 times in three seasons, but seven times this season alone, his fourth in the NBA after getting paid. That shows the progress that Kings fans want to see out of De'Aaron Fox. That shows him stepping up as a leader, as a scorer. The fact that he can pair a 30-point game with a 9-assist contest, an 8-assist contest, hell, even a 7-assist contest. And we've even seen him put up 30-plus point stat lines with 10 or 11-plus assists. Fox is doing it all this season. That stat right there shows his growth even in a year where he was not selected for the All-Star team which you heard me talk about, I was not surprised and I don't feel that De'Aaron Fox was a snub. Truthfully, with how good the Western Conference is with some of the names that made it and some of the names that didn't make it and the fact that the Kings have played so inconsistently, I have no problem with Fox not being selected or not getting that many votes. To me, it wasn't disrespectful. To me, it was an appropriate representation of the All-Star selection in the Western Conference this season. That being said, just because Fox wasn't an All-Star or an All-Star snub, like I wanted him to be, going back to when I was listing my goals at the beginning of this season, he still has made that tremendous leap. He still continues to take those steps towards stardom, and I could not be happier with that stat. Of course, I'm going to talk more about Harrison Barnes here in just a little bit, but he had another solid game last night, 20 points, 11 rebounds off the bench. I believe that's his second double-double of the season, which is a little bit surprising, but also not because Barnes has never been a stat sheet stuffer. He's a solid rebounder. He's more known for his defense and his ability to score. He's having a career year across the board, but only two double-doubles, I guess, surprised me a little bit, but 20 points, 11 rebounds, I'll take that from HB. I'll take that exact same stat line from Rashawn Holmes, who also provided 20 points and 11 rebounds for the Kings. And then Buddy Heald, 20 points, 7 assists, 6 rebounds for Heald. Of course, we could expect and want more scoring out of Buddy, but it's the 7 assists that I want to talk about because he had some incredible passes in this game, and he was at his best kicking out and finding the open man when he was attacking the basket. And that's one of the areas of growth that I've seen out of Buddy Heald this year. He surprised us a couple of years ago, really in his emergence season under Dave Yeager, when he had that great year shooting the three-point shot. But he also surprised us with his ability to chase down rebounds. That was the season where he had double digits in tip dunks and putbacks at the rim. We didn't necessarily expect that from him. And now he's added on to that by recognizing something that he had struggled with early on in the season. Buddy Heald talked a lot about the fact that opponents were playing him tight. We're not giving him room to catch and shoot, forcing him to put the ball on the floor. And we know dribbling has not been a strong suit of Buddy Heald in the past. Well, now we can see Buddy using his reputation as that three-point shooter, putting the ball on the floor, taking advantage of the aggressive closeouts and tight defense to get to the rim, to draw another defender, and kick out. He had three or four really nice kickout passes that resulted in assists last night. That's an area of Buddy Heald's growth that I love to see. And the fact that he partnered that with six rebounds, which is right around his average, is great. I love this stat line from Buddy Heald. No complaints really about his game last night. Tyrese Halliburton returned from his injury issues, played only 18 minutes last night as he was on a minutes restriction. You could see the rust. You could see him trying to get into the flow of the game and struggling a little bit. Only had five points, three rebounds, and a couple assists. I'm not too concerned about that. Made some mistakes. Also made some solid Tyrese Halliburton-type plays. As that minutes restriction goes away and he gets more comfortable, I expect Tyrese to get back to just as good or maybe even better than what he was. I'm looking for Tyrese Halliburton to have a very solid second half of the season. As I 
I think it's very likely that he is going to be entered into the starting lineup here in the near future. Of course, a lot of that depends on whether or not the Kings are able to move on from Buddy Heald, which I think should still be a priority for this team. I'll talk about that. Plus, my final decision on whether or not the Kings should trade Harrison Barnes. I'll share that for you in just a second. Right now, though, I want to tell you about BetOnline.ag, the official sports gambling partner of the Locked On Podcast. Network BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. With NBA, college basketball, and NHL in full swing right now, not to mention MLB baseball right around the corner, MLS soccer right around the corner, BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. And look, I saw the screenshots. About three or four of you sent me pictures last night of you. You making money on the Kings win as they covered the spread. It was minus four and a half heading into the game. Of course, the Kings winning by 20. That is an easy W for you. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, the scores, and the odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit with promo code Locked On. Get off the sidelines, get in on the action, have some fun, make some money on BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. For those of you who have listened to me here on Locked on Kings since the beginning of the season, I told you that I would be shocked if both Harrison Barnes and Buddy Heald were on the Kings roster after the trade deadline. That was going into the season with the mindset that one, the Kings weren't going to be a very good team, and two, this was going to be an ultimate rebuilding year where Monty McNair was going to stick to his main plan, which is opening up cap space and maintaining financial flexibility. Since that point, I've been going back and forth. And I know that frustrates people because I've had some conversations with you privately on email and over Twitter publicly, and I've been fence-sitting a little bit because I understand the argument for trading Harrison Barnes, especially with him at peak value. I also understand the argument of not trading Harrison Barnes because he is important to this Kings team. He is a veteran on a relatively young team, and that's important. He's a good locker room leader. He's a good community guy. And most importantly, he plays a position that historically has been very difficult for the Sacramento Kings to fill. I get both sides, and you've heard me have great conversations with Kyle Draper, with James Hamm, with Sean Cunningham, and those conversations are going to continue as we get closer and closer to the trade deadline, but I think I finally made a decision, a I am not moving from this take decision, and that is I don't think the Sacramento Kings should trade Harrison Barnes unless they are getting a cannot refuse offer. Now, what does a cannot-refuse offer look like? Well, to me, it's either a solid player who you know can contribute, who also is young, and a draft pick on top of that. I'm looking at potentially a deal with the Atlanta Hawks involving John Collins, or in the case of a Boston Celtics trade, which we've talked a lot about, a young player like Aaron Neesmith and two future first-round picks. Now, some of you might be hearing that and rolling your eyes going, two future firsts? For Harrison Barnes, are you kidding me? Hey, if that's the way you feel, then the Kings are going to keep Harrison Barnes, and that's not a big deal. The biggest gripe against keeping Barnes here in Sacramento is all financial, has nothing to do with his play. The fact that he is owed $20 million next year and $18 million the year after. But he's still on the timeline of this Kings young core. The majority of them will be entering their prime by the time he is off the books. Sean Cunningham feels that Barnes still has five years of peak Barnes to offer, which I tend to agree with, maybe four. So I think the potential of not being able to move on from Harrison Barnes, having a high asking price 
and getting laughed off the phone. Who's the real loser there? Not the Sacramento Kings. They keep their veteran, and a team like Boston, who is in need of a piece like that, still sits empty-handed with high playoff and even NBA Finals expectations. Now, for those of you who are making the argument that draft picks are the most important part here, that where the Kings finish with their draft pick in this upcoming 2021 draft is crucial for the rebuild and success of the Sacramento Kings team. I understand you. And yes, trading away Harrison Barnes probably makes this team worse to where maybe they lose enough games to finish in the bottom five. But you do not trade away an established veteran player with value for that reason alone. To take back a young player like Aaron Neesmith, I like Neesmith a lot. In the Locked On Podcast Network NBA mock draft, I selected Neesmith. Now that's because both Devin Vassell and Tyrese Halliburton were off the board. But I like Neesmith. I think he can help this Kings team. He's got a long way to go in terms of development. He's certainly nowhere close to the production that Harrison Barnes provides. And there's still question marks on whether or not he can play the position that Harrison Barnes can play. Barnes is more of a 3-4. Neesmith more of a 2-3 or 3-2. But on top of that, the draft pick you're getting from the Boston Celtics, even if it is for this year, it's going to be late first because the Boston Celtics, they're a good team in the Eastern Conference. You'll be lucky if that pick is in the teens. It's most likely in the low to mid-20s. Are you really going to find a player in that range that is going to be able to replace the production of Harrison Barnes? Or are you hoping that the player that you get with your draft pick replaces the production of Harrison Barnes? If that's the case, then you traded Harrison Barnes away, hoping to replace him with an asset that you already have. That's where I'm hung up. Also, look at the history of this Kings team filling that wing position. After Ron Artest, it was years of John Salmons and garbage until the Kings got Rudy Gay. Then the Kings have Gay for a few years. It doesn't really work out. They move on from Rudy Gay, and we get a couple years of Justin Jackson and Iman Shumpert being really our best options. That was a defensive and, at times, offensive nightmare. Then Harrison Barnes comes in. I am very concerned that if the Kings were to move on from Harrison Barnes, that they would struggle drastically to replace both his production and his position. Also, I get that the Kings want to go young. I agree with it. I want this core to be young. I want them all to be on the same timeline too. But that doesn't mean all 15 guys on your roster are between the ages of 20 and 25. You need veterans to be effective. And there isn't a much more effective and better veteran out there right now than Harrison Barnes, who also provides mentorship and leadership in that locker room for the young guys that come through. To me, there is way more of an argument to keep Harrison Barnes than there is to trade him. Keeping Harrison Barnes is keeping what you know you have. Trading away Harrison Barnes is the hope that you can turn whatever you get back into something that equals Harrison Barnes's production. The only way I'm moving on from the known commodity is if I'm getting a known commodity back or multiple chances via first-round draft picks to replace him. And Kyle Draper brought up a great point on yesterday's podcast. What about the possibility of the Boston Celtics getting a third team involved, maybe with a higher draft pick in this upcoming draft? The Kings get Boston's first-rounder, the Kings get that third team's first-rounder, and they get a player like Neesmith back. Okay, now I'm a little more willing to move on from HB. That's where I'm at. But I do still believe it is very important for the Kings to move on from the big contracts that just aren't working. Hence, Buddy Heald. I think Buddy Heald has value. I don't think you're going to get close to equal value for Buddy Heald in the trade market. 
That being said, part of the value you're going to get for trading Buddy Heald is just getting his money off the books. Now, I'm not talking a salary dump here because Buddy has way too much to offer to just be a straight salary dump. I would like to see the Kings get some kind of draft asset and a young player or a solid young player in return. That makes it a little more difficult with the money not matching up. But to me, trading away Buddy Heald still should be a top priority for Monty McNair at this trade deadline. Now, like James Ham said, if the Kings don't trade away both Buddy Heald or Harrison Barnes or either one of them, it's not the end of the world because you can still move on from both or one of those guys this offseason. The sense of urgency here is just the fact that March 25th is 13 days away. That's the urgency, nothing else. The Kings aren't trying to make a win-now move, and I'm confident in saying the Kings aren't trying to make a lose-now move. Monty McNair is going to do the right thing for the future of this team that isn't just a knee-jerk reaction. If the Kings can find a partner who is willing to take on Buddy Heald and his money, even if the Kings aren't getting better value than a first-rounder that is probably outside the lottery and or a young player plus expiring contracts in return, I'm really considering that. Buddy Heald's replacement is already here in Tyrese Halliburton, at least in the starting lineup, and that opens up more cap space for you to be aggressive this offseason to re-sign Rashawn Holmes, gives you the money that you need to potentially re-sign Marvin Bagley if McNair and the Kings want to do that, Plus, gives them the flexibility for what Monty McNair has wanted all along, which is being able to be a legitimate contender for a big name that comes available either in free agency or especially in the trade market. Moving Buddy Heald, to me, makes the most sense. But again, I'm not giving the guy away for free. If there is no market for Buddy Heald, if there is no value for Buddy Heald out there, then you hold on to the guy. And you try and make it work over the summertime, reevaluate, and go from there. So that's where I stand, and I'm sticking to it. I'm not changing. How do you feel? You can try and change my mind. I'm not going to. I'm tired of fence sitting, but let's talk about it. At Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. And yes, feel free to send me your screenshots of your ESPN trade machine deals. I'll respond to them if I can. At Matt George Radio on Twitter or email me mgeorge at sacklocalmedia.com. I would love to hear your thoughts on this because I know there are a lot of different opinions and I don't think there's a right choice. I mean, I believe that what I just said, holding on to Harrison Barnes, trying to move on from Buddy Heald, is the best choice or the right choice for the Kings going forward, but we're not going to know until years down the line. So share your thoughts, your ideas, your potential trades with me. Built Bar Madness continues. I've been telling you about Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar on the market for a while now. Built Bar is the amazing low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, delicious tasting protein bar with 100% chocolate on all bars. And now is the time to find out which Built Bar is the best. So it's Built Bar Madness time. You can head to BuiltBar.com right now to look at the bracket and to vote on each of these matchups. Today's matchup, Churro Puff versus Cookies and Cream. I have to vote for Cookies and Cream just because it's my wife's favorite bar here, although I do love the Churro Puff Bar too, but I'm afraid of divorce if I don't pick Cookies and Cream, to be honest with you. So I'm going to pick Cookies and Cream in this one. Yesterday's matchup saw Lemon Almond Cheesecake defeating Carrot Cake with Walnuts and Caramel Brownie defeated Cherry. So we are now in the Sweet 16, or the Sweetest 16 as Built Bar likes to call it. Head to BuiltBar.com right now. You can vote on today's and all matchups. You can also tweet at Bar underscore Built on Twitter to vote on your favorite there. 
And remember to use the promo code LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off of your next order. That's LOCKEDON20 to get 20% off your next order at BuiltBar.com. And check back to see who won today's matchup and who will become the best-tasting protein bar ever. The Kings are heading on the road. It's an Eastern Conference road trip, beginning with the Atlanta Hawks. Then you have the Charlotte Hornets, the Washington Wizards, the Boston Celtics, Philadelphia 76ers, and Cleveland Cavaliers. Every goal for me for road trips is simply 500. So if the Kings can go 3-3 three and three during this road trip, that's a victory for me, although I do think 4-2 and two is possible. I also could see 2-4 and four or even 1-5, and five, depending upon how inconsistent the Sacramento Kings want to be. Regardless, there are some very winnable games during this trip, and there are a ton of winnable games over the course of the remaining schedule. And I don't know if you know, but technically, the Sacramento Kings have the quote-unquote easiest remaining schedule in the NBA. Now, they had the hardest schedule for the first half of the season. Doug Christie talked about this on last night's broadcast, and I love what he said. There's no such thing as an easy game for this Kings team. There isn't. And the Kings cannot think that way. The Kings cannot look at the second half of the schedule and go, man, we have the easiest schedule. This is good for us. We should be winning a lot of these games. They cannot feel that way at all, or they're going to lose more games than they lost in the first half of the season. There is no such thing as an easy game for this Kings squad. They haven't earned that right, nor are they consistent enough to say that. In fact, with how much this team plays to the level of their competition, I'm almost more concerned by the easiness of this schedule. Great opportunity for the Kings to handle their business in the second half, yes. Great opportunity if the Kings happen to work their way back into the potential play-in tournament picture, which is, again, the ninth and 10th seeds this season. Great opportunity for them to really put something together. But I do not expect, nor should the Kings and anybody expect, more wins in the second half of the season just because the schedule is easier. If you feel that way, you need to watch more Kings basketball. We talked about a lot on today's Locked on Kings podcast. It was an excellent week here on Locked on Kings. So many great guests. If you missed my interview with Sean Cunningham, my interview with James Ham, my interview with Kyle Draper yesterday, go back and listen to all those interviews. I have more great interviews coming up, hopefully next week and in the weeks beyond. I'm working on a great national guest back here on the Locked on Kings podcast to talk trades and the trade deadline with. So look forward to that. Plus, of course, more coverage around all of these six games that the Kings will be on the road for and more on future Locked On Kings episodes. If you could leave a review for this podcast, that would be awesome. Best place to do that is on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. Hit five stars. Leave a little blurb about what you like or don't like about the podcast. Constructive criticism there is always welcome. Also, why you would encourage other Sacramento Kings fans to listen to the podcast. All of that is fair game. And of course, this weekend, stay safe, stay healthy, and I can't wait to have you join me next week on the Locked on Kings podcast. Until then, my name is Matt George. You have been listening to Locked on Kings, part of the Locked on Podcast Network. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.